So sitting here in New York tonight, a lot of people are wondering in this city why of all times the FBI chose to raid the residence of former President Donald Trump in Mar-a-Lago in Florida. The raid, uh, for still unknown reasons, entered the home while the president and his family were not at the residence. Uh, it is legal, of course, to do that if they have a proper set of warrants, but the process is completely highly questionable and deemed very, very strangely political. Much of this under the direction of the sitting Secretary of Justice, uh, de facto Secretary of Justice, who would be, of course, the Attorney General, uh, who is very unpopular, is likely going to be impeached in two months' time, and is seen as someone who is not prosecuting real criminals, but is primarily focused on political opponents of the president. It seems that, of course, that this current attorney general is far worse than any that has been seen in U.S. judicial history. But again, tonight's raid at Mar-a-Lago is something that is many Americans questioning the status. Hundreds of people are gathered at the uh, former residence of the uh, American president, former president, rather, and uh, much of it is uh, a lot of uh, very angry people out there as uh, former president's uh, home being raided is something that has not been seen in American politics, uh, not even at the height of uh, much of this. The uh, uh, FBI raid on his home in a statement that uh, was released Monday said that uh, the uh, residence uh, in Palm Beach, Florida uh, was entered and uh, is now occupied by a large group of FBI agents. No members of staff or people inside the residence are allowed to be there as they move around. They have uh, come in and uh, essentially thrown out everybody else in there. They're not allowing anyone from the family or lawyers to be present. There's a lot of reaction in American media, and let's listen to some of that right now. You know, I think it's assumed that it, the, the, these documents in question, these 15 boxes that the FBI took yesterday, uh, have something to do with the National Archives. It's a little interesting that you would need an FBI raid on the home of a former president in order to obtain those, especially when my father-in-law and, and everyone working with him was cooperating um, in lockstep with anything that they were asked for from the FBI and from any authority. So this seems wholly unnecessary. And I think the takeaway for the American people, whether you like Donald Trump or not, is that this is not just an attack on Donald Trump. This is an attack on every single American. This should scare you out there, whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, or an independent, no matter how you vote. Imagine this was your person that they did this to. Imagine this was former President Obama, former President Bush that got attacked in this way. The truth is, Everyone knows why they are doing this. They are doing this because the establishment is terrified of President Donald Trump. He doesn't play their game. He is not one of them. It is highly likely that he will run again for president in 2024. They are looking for any way they possibly can to disqualify him. And this is a continuation of the witch hunt we have seen on Donald Trump from the day he announced he was running for president. They have pushed forward. Obviously, we know Russia collusion. 
investigation. Obviously, obviously we know about the impeachments of Donald Trump, unnecessary impeachments. But then you look at what's happened since he left office, attacks on anyone connected to him, attacks from attorney generals, from district attorneys. This is just a continuation of that. It is disgusting. This is not how we operate in the United States of America. You expect to see this from a communist regime, from a dictatorship, certainly not America and certainly not in 2022. It is disgusting and it is disgraceful and it should scare every American. Well, Larry, you just said it is highly likely that Donald J. Trump runs in 2024. The president posting this campaign style clip on Truth Social overnight. Take a look. Soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone, and it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Lara, what did this raid on behalf of a glorified museum slash library do? to the 74 million voters who selected Donald J. Trump in 2020. Well, man, it, it made them really mad, I can tell you that much. Um, but it's also energized a lot of people. And, and I actually have heard from people since this happened who are not Trump supporters, who didn't vote for my father-in-law. They are just as angry as everyone else, and they are uh, sounding the alarm bell as well and saying, if they could do this to Donald Trump, think about what they could do to the rest of us. Um, I think it's only going to put more energy behind my father-in-law should he choose to run for president in 2024, because I think a lot of people Harken back to the days of Donald Trump, how great America truly was under his leadership, how far we have fallen under the leadership of Democrats and Joe Biden. Who has benefited from Joe Biden being president of the United States? Let's see, the Mexican drug cartels, terrorists in Afghanistan, China, Russia, Iran. Those are the benefactors of a Biden administration. People are sick of it. We need America first policies. We need to get this country back now more than ever. I think people want President Donald Trump to run again. And I think if he decides to run, he will win overwhelmingly. It is extremely rare for the Federal Bureau of Investigation to engage in political activities. But unfortunately, that seems to be what is now going on. Uh, live images from the scene from outside show that the Reuters news agency, at least, uh, was informed and uh, that they are there present. Uh, it is not clear if, uh, as in the past, when Trump supporters are being arrested, if the FBI uh, leaked the uh, process or the uh, sending out of the warrants. There's a lot of commentary on uh, news outlets like uh, Real American Voice, uh, uh, the OAN network, or um, One American News, uh, Newsmax, and others. Uh, and uh, there are many areas that are now being uh, raided, as far as we can tell. Other Trump uh, residences are also apparently under scrutiny by federal agents, and it is not clear. Um, it is uh, primarily a major problem. Now, uh, we are looking at this situation and keeping an eye on it. Let's listen to some more reaction here from some allies of President Trump.
It didn't take long for those reactions from both sides of the aisle to start coming in from local leaders here in Florida. And one thing that all of these responses have in common is that each person seems pretty uh, set on whether or not this raid was justified yesterday. Now, starting at the top, Governor DeSantis didn't hold back. He took to Twitter to voice his response, tweeting in part, the raids of Mar-a-Lago is another escalation in the weaponization of federal agencies against the regime's political opponents, while people like Hunter Biden get treated with kid gloves. Now, Senator Rick Scott also chimed in on Twitter, saying that the FBI's raid is incredibly concerning, especially given the Biden men's history of, enough, of going after parents and other political opponents. This is a third world country. Is what he said, he goes on to say, we need answers now, and the FBI I must explain what they're doing today and why. And finally, Senator Marco Rubio also tweeted, saying in part that Biden is playing with fire by using a document dispute to get the Justice Department to persecute a likely future election opponent. Now, Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody also weighed in on the raid, speaking on the Ingram angle on Fox News. She said she was not notified beforehand, adding that the FBI better have a good reason for the raid. It is certainly unusual, and I tell you what, the charges, if there are any, the allegations, this better be a rock-solid case to wreck whatever respect there is right now for the FBI. Um, if you look at the Presidential Records Act, which is what we're told this is all about, I, I mean, I assume there's a chance that maybe classified documents were taken to Mar-a-Lago. Um, I understood from reports that there was a process that they were on, you know, they were going through. Uh, they said they're willing to give all those things back. Um, sure. Why didn't they just say, um, can we come over and take a look at what you have and make sure that there's no classified documents here? Just like, why didn't they say to Peter Navarro, uh, his attorney, have your client report at 8 a.m. at this location, or Paul Manafort, or Roger Stone? Uh, why the big show only when it's a conservative? Because it's Donald Trump. And this is the weaponization for political purposes by the FBI and the Department of Justice. You're right, Sean, when you identify the Presidential Records Act of 1968, uh, 78, which is far from a model of clarity. And in fact, it's one of the more opaque laws you'll ever read. Uh, one of the problems with it is that it gives discretion uh, and authority to the incumbent president to decide what constitutes presidential papers. He may identify, exclude, and dispose of presidential papers. And you point out the classified nature, allegedly, of some of the documents identified by the National Archives. They're not a competent agency to recognize classified documents because a president is the ultimate authority in declassifying documents. He may do so with a wave of his hand without notification to the National Archives. So I think what you're really seeing here... Uh, is an abuse of power by the FBI. And absolutely, uh, both Merrick Garland, the attorney general, and the FBI director, Christopher Wray, signed well, they off would on have this. To have, they would have to have signed off on this, yes. Greg. You would agree with that, correct? Oh, absolutely. They signed. I okay. mean, look, no agent or official at the FBI is going to undertake uh, a, a raid of this magnitude on a former president of the United States without going to the individuals at the very top. That's Garland and Ray. All right, let's talk about two other cases, Professor Dershowitz, and then I'll get your overall view on, on this particular raid that's go, that went on earlier today. Uh, James Comey was accused pretty much of something very similar, if you recall. 
If you remember the case of Sandy Berger, Sandy Berger went into the National Archives. He literally shoved documents down into his crotch on his in his backside into his socks and walked out with those documents but then everybody in the media every democrat he, he was just sloppy very sloppy as he shoved it down his pants he was sloppy you know he, he didn't mean to take them with him um, and everybody bought, bought that excuse so this that therein brings up the double standard issue what are your thoughts well, definitely, there is a double standard. Uh, we've seen so many instances of allegedly classified material being a compromise. The key point that everybody's missing here is that Donald Trump was not in Mar-a-Lago. So there was no reason not to issue a subpoena returnable tomorrow so that there's no claim that Trump could have destroyed anything. This should have been a subpoena, not a search warrant. If it is a search warrant, it has to have a high level of cause demonstrating that the evidence would have been destroyed. Not only that, but under the law, if you seize a safe, you don't go into the safe. You have to get a special warrant to get into the safe, and you have to prove that the material in the locked safe would have been destroyed. So it seems to me that they have violated the rules of the Justice Department. They have gone after both a former president and a future candidate, and they darn well better have smoking gun proof, which I don't see happening. And clearly, there's been a double standard here. But even if it was a single standard, it's not good enough. You don't get a warrant unless a subpoena won't suffice. In a democratic rule of law country, you do it legitimately. You go to the lawyer, you say, by tomorrow, I want that safe delivered to the Justice Department. I want these documents turned over. And unless you can demonstrate that there was a very substantial chance they would have been maliciously destroyed, which would have been a serious, serious crime. I mean, that would be a serious crime. That's Nixon. And there's no evidence that that happened here. It, it, it isn't, but you know, how? I guess what everybody's wondering, especially in light of what we went through for three years, Greg, at some point, when do you say the abuse of power, the corruption, the the witch hunt, to quote a famous best-selling book, um, <laughs> it, it, that this is focused on one man and one man only, and a whole double standard exists? And nobody else is ever held accountable for either the exact law, similar sets of circumstances. I know it was different with Comey, but similar. Uh, the same with Hillary, the 33,000 emails, the dirty dossier, the FISA applications, Sandy Berger. You run through the list, and nothing ever happens if, if, if you're not a, a conservative or a Republican or a Trump supporter. Yeah. Let's just take one of those examples, Hillary Clinton, her uh, home in Chappaqua was never raided, even though she maintained a private server there, upon which she downloaded uh, classified top secret documents, thereby jeopardizing national security and violating the espionage not once or 10 times, but roughly 100 times, accounting for the number of classified documents that she essentially stole and, as I say, jeopardized national security to hacks. And we, in fact, have pretty solid evidence that her server was hacked and foreign agencies uh, retrieved American top secret documents because of her actions. Was she ever prosecuted? No. James Comey stood in front of television cameras 
Uh, and he identified all the crimes she committed and then did a pirouette in the course of five seconds and said, but no reasonable prosecutor would ever bring such a case. Uh, thousands of reasonable prosecutors would have loved to have brought that case. And besides, James Comey isn't the prosecuting authority. He usurped the power of the attorney general. That's just one example of the double standard that exists with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. This is a developing and moving story. Mike of New York, of course, is a podcast, and we don't always get things uh, instantly as they happen, but we try and get as much of it as we can. I will be back with more information for you on this and other aspects of it as the news breaks. I'll be keeping an eye on it. I've only got one, so I might as well use that one, eh? Right, well, why not? Okay, that's it for me for now. I'm Mike of New York. Have a great time. Have a great day. Pray for this country. It needs prayers. God only knows what's going on in the minds of some of these Democrats. You got Nancy Pelosi trying to get us into a war with China. You got Joe Biden throwing out billions of dollars that's supposedly to aid Ukraine, but it's not getting there, according to the Ukrainians. A lot of the money is going into American contractors, contractors who are often donors to the Democratic Party. If we could have order in the chamber, please take conversations out of the well. Senator from Texas. Mr. President. One of the worst aspects of the Biden administration has been the deep politicization of the Department of Justice and the FBI. We saw that with the National Association of School Boards sending a letter to the White House and to the Attorney General asking that the Biden administration target parents as domestic terrorists and use the Patriot Act to go after them for going to school boards and complaining about policies that are unfair to parents, including the teaching of critical race theory, including, in the case of Loudoun County, a 14-year-old girl who was sexually assaulted in the bathroom and the school covered it up. Within four days of receiving that letter, the Attorney General wrote a memo directing the FBI to target parents. Just this last week, the director of the FBI testified to the Judiciary Committee that they have been interviewing multiple parents, moms and dads, the house, and rep, uh, and the house has categorized it as upwards of 20 moms and dads. This amendment says don't target parents as domestic terrorists. All time has expired. We're on a roll. Majority Leader. Mr. President, Majority the, F the FBI has told us repeatedly that domestic extremism is a very real threat in America. Last November, 60% of America's school leaders said that someone in their schools had been verbally or physically threatened over school policy. There is no evidence, none, that the Department of Justice is threatening the constitutional right of parents to peaceful, free speech. But there is no excuse, none, for violence against school teachers or board members. If you believe there is nothing peaceful or legitimate about threatening teachers, school board members, or their families, vote no on this amendment. What is the American aid to Ukraine really meant to achieve? Right off the bat, there's $9 billion in it that's set aside for the United States for itself in order to replenish items, weapons, munitions that are sent to Ukraine in the past or future. 
That's kind of like me giving my friend a check, but writing my own name in the pay to line. Another $8.1 billion of the money is earmarked for, you guessed it again, the US military intelligence services to provide information to Ukraine. And it also maintains a new deployment of 10,500 US troops in nearby European countries as a deterrent against Russia, which is kind of like that time I gave myself a gift at my friend's birthday party. Two things that, don't get me wrong, are absolutely important and vital, but will do little to affect the day-to-day -day life of your average Ukrainian soldier who's fighting in the trenches at this moment. $8.8 billion is directed towards propping up Ukraine's economy, and another $8 billion is for humanitarian aid, including food. It's necessary because Ukraine's economy will shrink by 45% this year due to the war, and their country cannot continue to fight if their economy collapses in the background. But it's not going to turn the tide in the war. Another $4 billion will help Ukraine purchase weapon systems from U.S. defense companies like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. Wait a second, is this an aid package for Ukraine or the U.S. military? The problem is this equipment will take months or even years to reach the front lines. But already we see $30 billion total dollars here from that $53 billion so far has nothing to do with military weapons or vehicles that can help Ukraine decisively win. The fact that much of the free world even agreed to get together to cooperate on sending aid to Ukraine is something of a miracle. It's actually somewhat restored my faith in humanity. But I still think I need to take a critical look at what we could possibly do better here. So then what type of aid does Ukraine say they actually need? According to Ukraine's Deputy Defense Minister, Vladimir Karpankyo, international assistance only covers 15% of their total needs. He said, quote, we need infantry fighting vehicles, combat vehicles, tanks. Those are the assets necessary for any successful counterattack. But curiously, they are largely missing from the list of foreign aid equipment provided to Ukraine. And I don't think that's by mistake. John Kirby at the Pentagon didn't just forget to include an M1 Abrams and an M2 Bradley fighting vehicle in that list. Further evidence of the U.S. defensive strategy comes from studying the list of weapons delivered. So they're sending 200 of the ancient 1960s era M113 armored personnel carriers. Since it has no turret or cannon, it limits its use as an offensive weapon. These do not have any serious firepower, and they're essentially the equivalent of a 2002 Toyota Camry of armored vehicles. Sending the M113 actually saves costs for the United States because it's cheaper to give them away to Ukraine instead of continuing to be stuck maintaining the dinosaur equipment that was already scheduled for replacement this year. Only 12 of the HIMARS rocket artillery was sent, along with limited-range munitions. Take a look at what the Ukrainian Minister of Defense, Oleski Reznikov, had to say about that. We and our allies are rather stingy with, with such systems. How many more do you need? How many more high marks do you need? For an effective counteroffensive, you would need at least a hundred, I think. So we need armored vehicles to begin a counteroffensive. We're at another pivotal moment in the fight, and the foreign aid sent so far is clearly not designed to support this new offensive in Kherson. Kherson. The most recent ISW report said, quote, Ukraine's preparations for the counteroffensive in Kherson, combined with the dramatic weakening of the Russian forces generally, appear to be allowing Ukraine to begin actively shaping the course of the war for the first time. One, Putin is focused on taking Donbass. That's where all his energies are. And two, the Ukrainians are focused on taking a city called Kherson. The counteroffensive is, is underway. They're cutting the bridges off and seal off. According to daily losses, trends, and knowledge of the amount of total military equipment prior to invasion, it looks like Ukraine has about 631 tanks remaining. They might only have 100 soldiers who are qualified to man those tanks. Here we see some rare footage of what might be some of the last Ukrainian tanks still operating 
in the vicinity of Kherson. To tell the other side of the story, we need to look at this recently released footage from Russian attack helicopters as they destroy some of Ukraine's last remaining tanks. We also see the Russian Air Force is still providing close air support for the Russian T-72 tanks in the area. They've had the last two months to dig in and prepare for this battle. That's when it finally hit me. This money isn't meant to help Ukraine push the Russians back and win. No, it's specifically designed to stop them from losing. You can understand why they wouldn't want Ukraine to have too much success and back Putin into a corner. The plan is to halt the Russian advance where it is and prevent any further offensive maneuvers. So far, foreign aid has not been powerful enough to prevent Russian forces from capturing the cities of Severodonetsk and Lysychansk at the end of June. Russian forces with vastly superior artillery firepower outnumbering Ukraine by 8 to 1 were able to score recent victories in the eastern part of the country. Now Russia is moving to assault in the direction of Bakuman by shelling military and civilian infrastructures in the city. Open source military intelligence reports from the ISW indicate Ukrainian forces have fallen back from their frontline positions to this area here where they've consolidated their forces to mount a defense. The strategy that Ukrainians have been using for the past two months has been to maintain a reserve force here where they can easily... And now you have all these other things happening, like a raid on a political rival's home. America's fast becoming third world, and it's largely because of people like Joe Biden.